spiritual warfare happens and you're not perfect and other people aren't perfect and things get messed up and you think this thing's going to be great and it's not great and all these things go on and what I've learned is that when you have contingency plans for the will of God the contingency plan is the path of least resistance and that's why we need great mentors don't we we need great mentors because we need people who can look at us and say listen I know it's hard right now but God's got a call on your life life is a mixed bag there are moments of triumph and periods of devastation times of smooth sailing, and then the roughest road imaginable. The same can be seen in your walk with the Lord. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that you need someone in your life who has gone before you and can help you navigate your world. You see this in the relationship of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah raised up Elisha to follow in his footsteps and prepared him for what was to come. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Kings chapter 2 as he begins his message, Taken Home. Okay, so let's start today by talking about everybody's least favorite thing to talk about, and that is the end of our lives. Now, I know that's like, it's the last thing anyone wants to think about. I've always joked that I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens, right? Because I know who I believe in, and I know where I'm going, and I know that God has a plan, but it is an important thing for us to figure out how to look at our lives and be able to contemplate that at some point our life on this side of eternity comes to an end. I remember I I learned this, obviously, when my mom, when I was in my early 20s, uh, lost her battle to cancer. Because when you're younger, you the last thing you ever really think about is is death. It's like you're young and you have your whole life ahead of you. And I remember I was confronted in the death of my mom with mortality. I never really thought about like, well, what happens when you die? Or it was like you're just living your life and you're having fun. But as I've gotten older, and obviously with the wisdom that came from losing my mom, I began to realize that there's a lot of wisdom that comes from being aware that this life comes to an end, because there's nothing worse than when you get to the end of your life and you have regrets, right? Like when you look back and you're like, oh, if I only would have actually done this, right? And and it's important for us to take the long view of things. And the reason I bring this up is we've been studying the life of the prophet Elijah, and actually today we're going to see the day that God takes Elijah home, the end of Elijah's pilgrimage or his sojourn that's going on on this side of eternity. And for Elijah, what you realize is that Elijah's life was focused on what God had for him. We don't see Elijah getting caught up or distracted. I mean, obviously, in the day and age in which Elijah lived, there was all sorts of things going on. You had King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and all of the struggles that were going on in their culture. But Elijah had one thing that he was focused on, and that was God's will for his life. And I think a lot of times, even in my, I'm only 44 years old, I look back on times and I realize that so much of what God wanted to do in my life has actually been obscured by me being distracted by things that seem important, but they really aren't important. They're the things that matter in the minute, but they're not things that actually, in light of eternity, really matter. 
And so for the prophet Elijah, just like for you and I, we want to ask the Lord to teach us to number our days that our hearts might be inclined to wisdom. What is the testimony? What is the legacy that we are leaving in life? And, and the beauty is, is if you're able to contemplate the kind of testimony or legacy you want to leave in life, now it means you still have time to live in such a way that you have that legacy. See, that's the beauty of us being created in the image and likeness of God. See, we're able to make choices. We're not just driven purely by, you know, our our wiring. We have the ability in moments to decide, I'm going to actually focus on this and not that. I'm actually going to choose to forgive instead of letting bitterness take over my heart. I'm going to decide today that I'm going to make this decision that's going to send my life on this trajectory when normally left up to my own device, I would have gone this way and then my life would have headed in another direction. See, the beauty is, is no matter what your background is, no matter what your spiritual background is, no matter how many mistakes you made, your mistakes of yesterday does not have to be the future that you're, that you're going to live tomorrow. See, Jesus invites us to leave a life lived in one direction and now begin to follow him and line up with his purposes and his plans. And Elijah is such a great example of this. As we've been looking at his life over this series, we've seen Elijah be used in mighty ways publicly and in very powerful ways privately. We've seen Elijah, this great prophet, be very much human, have times of great faith and tremendous doubt, to have times where he knew that God can do anything and also times when he didn't believe God could do anything. You know, and I love that so much about the Bible. The Bible, except for portraying our Lord and Savior as who he truly was, he gives us the, the Bible gives us the real deal on what our lives look like. The good times and the bad times, the, the messes and the miracles. And we see that in the life of the prophet Elijah. Now, if you know the Bible at all, you realize that the home going of Elijah is a pretty well-known story. But what's amazing about it is oftentimes we forget that In Elijah's being taken home by the Lord, there is also his successor is standing there being prepared to take the ball, so to speak, from Elijah and continue the ministry to be the voice and the mouthpiece of God in their generation. And so in order to get at this, I want you to open up your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 15. 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 to 15. So if you're opening up a, a browser window, you know, to, to, to find us putting 2 Kings 2 colon 1 to 15, so you can read along. Of course, if you have a Bible, we want you to uh, just open that thing up. Uh, the book of 2 Kings, it's right in between 1 Kings and 1 Chronicles. So obviously, chapter 2 comes after chapter 1, before chapter 3. It says this in verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 2. It says, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, 
Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now, the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elijah and they said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And so he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now, if I were to put what we just read into one simple principle, it would simply be this, that you and I, we need to get raised up. We need to get raised up because really what we see, it's time for Elijah, the prophet, to be taken home in a whirlwind, right? But you notice that Elijah has got his successor, Elijah, who's going to come after him. And Elijah has been walking with Elijah and he has been learning from the prophet Elijah. Elisha is the next great prophet on the scene, but he has this season where he is the apprentice of the prophet Elijah. And as it's this time for Elijah to be taken up, Elijah is going to be moving from place to place, checking in with people on his way beyond the Jordan so that he can be taken home by the Lord. And Elisha does not want to miss being with Elijah. Now, I think this is a lost art today because in a lot of ways, we live in a day and age where nobody actually wants to pay their dues anymore. Everybody just wants to to, to land at the top. And it's a lost art. It almost sounds archaic to even talk about this. But what's amazing is, is Elisha was a, was a mighty man in his own right, but he wanted to make sure that he stayed with the prophet Elijah all the way through. And what's amazing is, is as Elijah is moving from place to place, from Gilgal to Bethel, as he moves from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho by beyond the Jordan, they're traveling all these different distances. And each place they go, there is these schools of the prophets, these disciples who are learning how to be prophets under the prophet Elijah. And everybody knows that it's the time for Elijah to be taken home to be with the Lord. And everyone says, Elijah, don't you know the Lord's going to take Elijah away from you? And he's like, I know. Just everybody knows it's an open secret. But Elisha wants to make sure he can receive all that Elijah wants to give him. Now, if you recall, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 to 21, you know, God invited the prophet Elisha to be the successor to Elijah. This is 1 Kings 19, verse 19. It says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. And then Elijah passed by and he threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? And so Elisha turned back from him and he took the yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them and he boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and he followed Elijah and he became his servant. So God had told 
Elijah to go find Elisha. Elijah does it. He throws his mantle on him. Elisha realizes that this means he is being invited to be discipled by Elijah. And he says, hey, listen, let me just go back and say goodbye to my parents. Don't just want to vanish. I want to say goodbye. And then I love what Elisha did because Elisha was so committed to God's plan for his life that he actually killed all the oxen. He didn't leave it like, man, listen, if this doesn't work out, I'll be able to go back. I got all my oxen. I'm ready. No, he just, he, he burned the boats, as we'd like to say. He said, listen, well, I'm going all the way in. And, and listen, for each one of us, God has a plan for our lives. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where we have this tendency to say, I'm going to do all that God wants, except if it doesn't work out, then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Like we have contingency plans. And the problem with the contingency plans, it's not that God doesn't want us to be planning, but the problem is, Following the Lord and doing the Lord's will is not the easiest thing. Can I get an amen to that? You know, like we, we want to say, oh yeah, I'm following Jesus. It's the easiest thing in the world, but spiritual warfare happens and you're not perfect and other people aren't perfect and things get messed up and you think this thing's going to be great and it's not great and all these things go on. And what I've learned is that when you have contingency plans for the will of God, the contingency plan is the path of least resistance. And that's why we need great mentors, don't we? We need great mentors because we need people who can look at us and say, listen, I know it's hard right now, but God's got a call on your life. I think of my own pastor, Pastor John Henry Corcoran. I love my pastor so much. The number of times I have called my pastor in the now almost 20 years since I have not been his assistant pastor, and I've called him and said, oh man, this is just so hard. I remember when I went, I moved from the Bay Area in San Francisco where I was Pastor John Henry's assistant. I moved out to New Jersey to plant a church. I was 24 years old, single guy. And it was hard, you know? I, there, there weren't books on church planting then. And I just kind of was like, man, I got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and some caffeine. We're going to plant a church. It's going to be great, you know? And it was not great. It was hard. And I remember I called up my pastor and he's like, how you doing? I'm like, oh man, I'm going to quit. So I said, I'm, like, I'm quitting. And he started laughing. He's like, I'll quit too. You want to move to Hawaii? And I was like, yes. And he's like, let's do it. And, and we, we, we talked about moving to Hawaii and, and, and opening up a little stand where we'd sell coconuts or whatever. And then we laughed and he's like, okay, do we get it out of our system? Yeah, we're going to go back to keep serving the Lord and serving people? Yeah, okay, good. And then we went on. And, and, and it was like that mentorship has meant so much to me, not only in the early years, but still as we continue on because we need people to help us understand that Doing God's perfect plan for our lives is not always the easiest thing. It involves risk and faith, and sometimes we don't do a great job. But we need to get raised up. And Elisha has been raised up by Elijah for all of these years, and now it's time for Elijah to go home. And Elijah is not so busy looking forward to when he's the guy. He's like, no, I'm going to be with Elijah to the end. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, about this idea of faithfulness. And, and for many of us, like our culture doesn't value faithfulness. And so we really don't have this like, I just want to be faithful, trusting the Lord. And, and I think it's something that God really wants to work in us because obviously we know a fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And you really see Elisha's faithfulness here. I mean, if there was ever a guy who was like, man, I got things I got to plan. God's going to take Elijah. I'm going to be the next guy. I got, I, got, I got strategies to write down. I got vision I got to put together. I got to figure this whole thing out. I got to fix everything Elijah didn't do right. And so, so like, I got some stuff to do. No, Elijah's like, no, no, I'm, listen, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, 
I'm, I'm right here. I'm not moving an inch away from you. I want to be here with you. And even though people knew about it, people were coming up and asking him. He's like, yeah, I'm staying here. And even it's beautiful because Elijah keeps telling him, hey, listen, the Lord wants me to go here. You stay here. And Elijah's like, no. And what's beautiful is Elijah doesn't say, no, you're supposed to stay here. He's like, okay, you can come. You know, and can I just encourage you? All of us need to get raised up. Discipleship, it's about a relationship with God and that relationship with God and the wisdom of how to walk with God often comes through God's people. You know, we live in a day and age, people are like, I love Jesus, I don't like the church. I'm like, actually, if you love Jesus, then you'll love the church because the church is the bride of Christ. I'm not saying the church is perfect, but you're not perfect either. The only one that's perfect is Jesus. So discipleship happens when somebody joins somebody on their journey and points them to Jesus on the way. And we all need that. And my friends, listen, that's why you being in a small group, it's a huge thing. You serving in ministry. I was discipled up because I I started volunteering for ministry, right? And before you know it, like you're doing kids ministry or you're doing worship ministry or you're greeting or you're doing media ministry or you're doing safety, you're doing all these different things. And before you know it, now people are speaking into your life. You're, You're receiving wisdom from people who've been farther down the road, people who've seen different things, you know? And we need that. The work that God wants to do in each one of our lives is often God working through unique people in unique ways at unique times. And this is why the people of God are so essential. Like even today, you know, here at Crossroads, I learn so much from so many people because as we walk together as a, as a family, all these things happen and people share wisdom with me and they share insight with me. And, you know, sometimes I, I had someone just recently come up to me with all that's been going on in this unique season. They said, you know, Pastor Daniel, I don't envy your job, but I just want you to know I'm praying for you and I pray that God leads you. And I, and I was like, I'm like, this is some wisdom right here. I don't know what, what, you're supposed to, what we're supposed to do, but I know the person who does, and so I'm praying for you, and I'm like, man, that's some maturity. So listen, God wants to raise you up. But the question becomes, like Elisha, are you being proactive with the knobs on your side of the wall to be raised up? Elisha was invited, and he said Yes. And Elisha continued on with Elijah, kept saying yes. And even towards the end, when Elisha could have started to get distracted by all the things he wanted to do, he was going to be faithful so he can learn all that he could learn. So oftentimes we say, I want to get raised up, but every time there's an opportunity, we're too busy or we're too distracted or we have too many other things going on. And I believe that God wants to raise us all up. He wants to take us from where we are to where we've never been. Now, this story, as we've read through part of it now, we see now that Elisha and Elijah are kind of crossing the Jordan. And, and Elijah, takes off his, Elijah takes off his mantle, which was kind of the prophet's cloak. It, it kind of symbolized God's, that he's under God's authority and that God had clothed and empowered him for this unique calling. And, and Elijah takes off his mantle and he, and he, and he just kind of touches the, the Jordan River with it. And sure enough, the water gets divided. And so don't miss that is, you know, the water dividing in the Jordan River. It's, there's deep biblical overtones of God parting the waters 
so that the children of Israel could walk through, whether it was the Red Sea and then, of course, going into the Jordan River with Joshua, you know. And so we have this, this picture again of God preparing the way. Now, as we pick up the story now in verse 9, look at what happens. Second Kings chapter 2, it says, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now, really what we learn here is that you and I, we need to ask for God's best. We need to ask for God's best. Because the beauty, the beauty of this moment is that Elijah is asking, so, hey, okay, so what, what can I do? Like, what, what can I do for you? You know, and, and I love this because Elijah knows that it's his time to go home, but he's like, what, what can I do? And I, just a great reminder, because when you ask for God's best, Jesus already told us this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, where it says, ask and it will be given to you and seek and you will find and knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and to he who seeks finds and him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what is the, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask of him? That's the words of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He said, listen, Ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. And then he uses a really powerful example. He's like, look, which father, if, you're, if your child asks for bread, is going to give him a stone, right? If your child asks for a fish, who's going to give him a serpent? And if you think about, you know, as, as a parent, if my kids are asking for food, I'm not going to give them a rock. I know if they chomp down on it, it's going to break their teeth. They're going to have to go to the dentist. It's going to cost me a lot of money for a long time. Right? Same thing. If they ask for a fish, and, 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 and not for a goldfish, but a fish to eat, not going to give them a serpent. Give them a serpent, what happens? They end up getting stung. They end up getting hurt. And I got to take them to the hospital. It cost me a million dollars and all the stuff that goes on. And he's like, look, and if, you're, if you guys who are imperfect, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the good things you ask for? Especially when you're asking for God's best. See, this is the big struggle for many of us. When it comes to the things of God, we just want God to be a vending machine. God, give me a, a promotion. God, get me a, you know, a, a handsome guy or, or, or a beautiful woman. You know, I really want that new Tesla, you know. I want to be on, space, on a SpaceX rocket, Lord. You know, I, I like more discretionary income. I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad, but when was the last time you said, God, I don't care what you give me. I just want whatever your best is for my life. Thanks for sticking with us today as Pastor Daniel shared that God wants to raise you up to do great things. But in order to do this, you have to be available, willing to say yes to the opportunities God is giving you. You'll learn that Elisha was present with Elijah even until the end. 
He wasn't distracted by making plans for what was coming down the line, but faithfully soaked up all that he could from his friend and mentor. Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel closes out this series on the life of Elijah. You'll notice that when given the opportunity, Elisha asks for God's best. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to do the same. Instead of clinging to the plans and ideas that you've come up with, ask God what he wants for you. As you stay close to him, he'll give you so much more than you could ever fathom or hope for. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Crisis. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.